0: Cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this um, fifth episode of the uh, Formidable podcast. I'm Matt Northwood, and with me today, I've got uh, Georgina Pryor from Live Safely. Okay. Um, what I'd like you to do is take me through who you are, what you do and why you're here basically Ooh. we're going, that. We're going that
1: to begin with I suppose yeah no I'd love to thanks for thanks for having me so yeah I'm Georgina and I run a business called Live Safely um, which is all about teaching self-defense to um, mostly women and girls and kind of fortifying them with the skills and the knowledge to feel much safer and less vulnerable um, when out and about Um, so I started that last year and I think I've trained almost 100 women now and in the last few months and yeah absolutely love it
0: okay um whereabouts is that based then is that is that sort of um like England or whereabouts are you for that
1: yeah yeah good question so so I'm based um near Bath um obviously in the UK um and yeah happy to travel all over but but generally um delivering classes locally
0: okay no worries so um how did you get into sort of, how did you become passionate about self-defence? Where did that come from?
1: So um, I think probably lots of women and girls can, can empathise with and the fact that we're quite used to feeling quite vulnerable. Um, going back to like when I was at uni, going on nights out or like even just walking to lectures on my own um, or maybe walking back to my flat, I you, you're very aware of being kind of at risk or vulnerable. And I'd always looked for kind of self-defense classes and there wasn't really anything around. There was was martial arts, like boxing, kickboxing, that kind of thing, which is great and and really fun, but doesn't necessarily make you feel much safer, in in my opinion. Um, And then when the tragedy of um, Sarah Everard happened, and I think there was 81 women killed by men in the 28 weeks that followed um, the, the murder of Sarah Everard you it starts a lot of conversations between friends realizing actually how much fear we internalize and just kind of accept as like you know just something that's part of our day-to-day um and I just start to think that's not right and there should be something we can do about that and you know you can't get rid of all the bad people there's nothing we can do about that but if there's some simple kind of effective skills and techniques that we can learn that make us feel safer feel more confident then I think we should absolutely do it um Like, I think it's one in four women have experienced sexual assault since they were age 16. So it's a common thing, and it's something we think about quite a lot. Um, So, yeah, anything I can do to combat that is is what I'm here to do, really.
0: Interesting, isn't it, where you say about, like, the the nights out and the the sort of thought processes around, um, you know, it's one of those things that's sort of never, um, you know, until an event takes place, it sort of Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like first aid, I suppose I'd say. Like, it's put a little bit on the back burner. Um, It's something that everybody sort of thinks about doing, but Mm -hmm. until something happens, like, as you said, like, you know, your conversation with your friends and stuff, I think it's a case of, like, you don't tend to sort of think about it until after the event or or after something tragic has happened. So, like, like Sarah Everard thing, and, you know, Mm -hmm. that was, was, you know, deeply upsetting for for everyone concerned. It's deeply upsetting for me because it's obviously um, that person who i'm not going to mention their name because mm-hmm. i don't give that person any more time than they need to um mm-hmm. you know was was a member of what i used to do as a profession so it's very much yeah um you know the levels of trust that you know 99.9 percent of the colleagues that i have worked with and you know i you know we, we we were aghast at it and it's 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 a horrible thing to think of and, and you know a young woman going home on, on on her own on sort of a, you know, like, as you say, like going, going home from work in her case, but sort of, you know, like it could be anybody, couldn't it, it could be anybody going out, as you say, going home from a nightclub or something and, and just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well at all, I don't think, and I think that, you know, from a personal perspective, I've had quite a few come up to me and say say about like you know self defence classes for, for females and stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? I think um,
1: exactly. And it's 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 not even just nights out. It's going on a run in the evening. It's walking back from the shops. It's literally anything. And those kinds of tragedies that have happened just show that our fears that can sometimes seem irrational are actually totally justified. And yeah. that's a horrible realization to have. Um, and yeah we want to eradicate that as much as possible. Absolutely. Um,
0: it's not a nice way to live at all. No, it isn't, is it? I don't think it's, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the world as we've, as we've seen today um, it, it is not a particularly safe place at the moment. And it's, it's, you know, I, I don't like scaremongering and stuff. I don't think it's right, but you know, there, there's certainly, um, you know, the, the people who say, sort of say the world's getting safer, I think they've living with a little bit of rose-tinted glasses and stuff, to be honest, because it's not. Um, you know, and, and you know, we, we are where we're at with it, but it, it's it's hopefully people like like me and you who can try and try and do something with that and then hopefully sort of help people to a degree, I think that's probably, probably the one right Yeah, way. no,
1: definitely. And, and like you say, I don't think scaremongering or kind of um, repeating the reasons we're scared is that helpful, like that's already there. Um, yeah. So that's why in my classes and generally in conversations, I wanna focus on, okay, what can we do about it? How can we feel better? actually we're so much stronger than we think how can I show you that and like I find that women come into our classes at the beginning and they're kind of polite and shy and like a bit nervous and I always say to them I promise by the end of this hour you're going to be an absolute savage and they they never believe me and then by the end of it they're like pissing themselves laughing they're strangling each other and like we're just having a really good time of like during something that could be quite serious and so I think that's that's a really nice way of kind of like reclaiming that power um, and then, yeah, that's part
0: of why I find it, like, so fun and so kind of energising. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that, and that's, God, yeah. That, to me, is it has been for a long while what's missing. I think, you know, as I said, we spoke about it the night, and I've spoken to other people about this, that self-defence, unfortunately, does seem to be... Um, it, it. It's tailored to... Um, i don't know very it might be my work my, it's my anecdotal view on it and i'll and i'll go with that but i feel like it's tailored to um men between the ages of 25 and 45 to a degree that again that is a very anecdotal thing but you know it, it's um yeah there's it doesn't seem to be you know the people who who need it aren't necessarily mm-hmm. the people who it's being projected towards and that's there's something wrong with that there's something inherently wrong with that um but as you say when you get the people in and, and you can use that you know use what you've got and, and, and try and mold, you know mold them and make, make them go out away with a bit more confidence that's that's fantastic that's, that's a fantastic I, I've always felt it to be a good thing I, I'm sure you feel when you when you go away from it, it gives you a sense of sort of fulfillment as well when, when you do that yeah
1: yeah 100% and I think it's interesting what you say there And I think you and I are probably quite an interesting match because we have such different lived experiences. You're coming at it from, you know, you've got loads of experience probably with potentially violence and with kind of bad people and that side of things. You've got your policing background Mm -hmm. um, and you've probably seen lots of um, kind of self-defense or conflict management um, training delivered and seen it happen in practice. I'm like the total other end of the spectrum where I'm 25. All I've done uh, is be a woman um and felt the threat and you know until last year when I qualified as a self-defense instructor I hadn't even been to a self-defense class myself um so I'm very much coming from like a blank canvas point of view just thinking okay what would I want to be taught how would I want to feel um and yeah I've trained almost exclusively women and girls so um it's probably quite a different kind of feel and um, so maybe I haven't I haven't seen kind of that lens so much but um, but I'd agree with you that generally things
0: are geared
1: up towards that demographic. Um, yeah.
0: But can definitely change that. Th- yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, it's it's um, you know, you, you're absolutely right when you said you're coming from, from a very different place. And and you know, it's I'm quite a big bloke at the end of the day. Like it, it's always, you know, like I I do not have, I can feel sort of empathy towards um, you know smaller females and, and bits and pieces like that, or, you know, or smaller people, but I've got to a degree of presence. So, you know, mm-hmm. I've never, I've never had, I can instruct on it and I can be empathetic towards it, but it's it's a case of having, for a degree, not been involved in that sort of, you know, I mean, you, you know, I've had intimidation and I've been in positions where I felt afraid and, and fear like anybody, mm-hmm. but it's, um, you know, I've had it relatively easy, I suppose, than, than most people. So it's a case of, you know, you've... Whereas I've got, you say, like, you know, experiences that I can go with with what, what I've done, you've got, mm-hmm. like, first-hand experience and you know how you feel in yourself. And that's... That's relatable, isn't it? That, that's a relatable thing. So I think that that's, you know... It, that that's what gives you a bonus over what I do so it's a case of you know it's it's horses for courses isn't it at the end of the day so yeah
1: no yeah. I think we complement each other probably and yeah um, I think yeah it's interesting thinking about it's all about perception isn't it and like when you're teaching self-defense you'll be talking about that you know don't look like a victim and then you're less likely to be a target so even just walking with confidence your posture your stature that makes a big difference you obviously can't see or, or hear this but I'm a five foot two 25 year old girl, um, mm-hmm. we have very different physiques and probably look very different to walk next to. Um, and that's why I did feel so vulnerable. But now, knowing the skills that I know now, I back myself. You know, I'm not looking for, <laughs> not looking to get into trouble. But I think that what I've learned has shown that it's not all about who's the biggest, who's the strongest. Like, knowledge is definitely power. And um, it's about, you know, utilizing the biomechanics of your body, it's about knowing pain points. Um, all you need to do is just create enough space to escape Um, and I think that's a really powerful message and something that I want every woman that leaves my classes to feel that you are so much stronger and more powerful than you think and you should always fight like you shouldn't let things just happen to you which I think is something that we've probably I don't know not a direct lesson but it's something we've probably perceived growing up is you know if they're much bigger or more powerful than you just let it happen and just wait till it's over kind of thing, and that's absolutely not the case um, you know there's evidence to show that women who use multiple strategies like shouting and um, defending yourself physically do not suffer more injuries than those who take no action at all um, and yeah. so that's what I really want to motivate people to to know that they can take action to understand the law know what reasonable force is um and and to know that that's going to have an impact really um
0: yeah no, yeah. no I a lot of
1: my time talking about that so sorry Exactly. That's what I spend a lot of my time talking about. Is is just getting that message across.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know, the more people like you that can do that, the, the better. To be honest, because I think that you know, it's, there was a point you made there. I, I just forgot what I was going to say with it. but I
1: speak very fast.
0: <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was a case of um, you know, just putting across to people that the, the, the nature of, of, you know, the biomechanics and. And you know, you, you you should fight, absolutely should fight. And I think that's that what I, I was gonna say. You've got that element of um we're not taught from a young age. You, you're not you taught from a young age and it's schools, and I think there needs to be an elementary change with this, but I don't think it's gonna come anytime soon that you know there's we mustn't retaliate to people. It's you know, and and Whereas I, in, in good environments, that's the case. I do feel that there's an element of like that's wrong. To be honest, we shouldn't be teaching our children that we shouldn't be teaching our children that that, that you know fighting's not great in itself and conflict's not great in itself. That that's that's fine. That's a given. I think, but um, the nature of you know the environments and stuff, from within schools and, and it's taught from a young age that you shouldn't necessarily fight back. There's an implicit thing there, go to a teacher. Well, I don't know whether that goes away or not. I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. Um, it's a yeah, I
1: think it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I absolutely, as much as I'm saying, you know, fight back, I don't promote violence. No. Um, it's no. more just having, you know, autonomy over your own body. Mm -hmm. and recognizing that actually probably a lot of things that might not even seem violent so like someone touching your leg or uh, when you're on a train a stranger for example or you know lots of things happen that aren't necessarily violent but you don't have to you don't have to stay in a in a situation that makes you uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. I think we're probably quite used to remaining in those situations Mm -hmm. either through fear or because we think you know it's not really harming me but actually it's motivating people to say you get to decide your environment and you can remove yourself from an environment that isn't right for you yeah. um, and take the steps you need to, to do that, to keep yourself safe and, and keep yourself happy. And I think like when you talk about schools and teaching things in schools, I think with anything you can lead with fear or you can lead with hope. And I think all of the training that that happens in schools, I think this should definitely self-defense should definitely be taught as, you know, just a general life skill, um, but massively with a focus on empowerment with you know boosting young people's kind of confidence and self-esteem and yeah. you know weaving in all of the things around consent and really interesting really important kind of topics like that they're all so intrinsically linked um, and this year I'm hoping to do quite a lot of education in school so I'm really excited to see how that goes um, but I, I would have loved to have learned it at school um given the chance.
0: Yeah, I think that, that, that there's, hopefully there's there's going to be a movement towards towards schools and stuff soon. I think that, I don't know how, how it's done and how it's played out. I mean, I teach, in, um, I teach in further education at the moment and I've started, you know, um, certainly for like young adults and stuff sort of between the ages of, well, we, we get 16 to 18, 19, 20-year-olds. We only just started with them really, but like very much a case of just you know starting to build confidence you know they're having gone through covid and the bits and pieces that they've gone through over the last 18 months two years you know there isn't you know i, I teach on a, on a public services course so like you know for people who want to join police army navy all those type of things and it doesn't seem to be that the confidence level of some of the of some of the young people is they give bravado don't get me wrong but there's an element of they're not their confidence is shot and I try and instill a bit of that into them as we go through and I think it's it's really hard it's really hard to get it across to them um the, you know but they are they are resilient young people at the end of the and you know they, they they will do what they need to do but yeah no it's, it is what it is I think um yeah what do you think you, raised,
1: you raised a good point there around like the, yeah. the sick form of today for example the, the young people who are currently in sick form this year they will have just come out of two years of COVID. They would have missed all the like the years where they would have been like just starting to go out clubbing, going on nights out, going to parties, and instead they're now going straight to uni. Well, they'll they'll experience that. So they're going into it, you know, slightly more naive than usually young people would go to uni. So I think they're potentially a, a um particularly vulnerable group. Um, and I know, like just reflecting back to when I was kind of 16, 17, 18. I was confident with my friends, but walking through town on my own, I'd feel really insecure, really um, kind of scared and uncomfortable, and I'd avoid it. Um, So I can only imagine how those feel now when they've been at home for the last two years, Um, and that can have a really big impact, can't it?
0: You're right. You're definitely right. They have missed their, even from outside of a sort of self-defence point of view, but it all does, you know, the body language, the behaviours, it it all does relate back to this, where... You know, they've missed a large portion of development, probably a very crucial time in their lives. And, and you know, you're right, going into university and stuff. Um, how did how did university affect you then? Did, did, you, did you struggle with, you say you struggled with sort of confidence going home at university, but were there any elements where you wish you would knew self-defence at, at university as well? Did anything sort of come up with that, do you think?
1: Like, I had an amazing time at uni. You make loads of friends and, you know, it was a really good time. And I was, you know, part of lots of sports societies and lots of things like that. So I had lots of friends around me. So I kind of felt safe in those instances. But I can remember there being, um, like, we'd hear about a case of a sexual assault or a rape that had happened just on the streets near where we lived in Catays in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Um, and just remember everyone being terrified. And, like, we'd go to a hockey social and we'd purposely take our bags so that we had a hockey stick. So When I was walking back to my flat, I had my hockey stick with me to try and make me feel safer. Um, you know, realistically, I don't know how much that really helped, but it's all about how you feel, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think, yeah, you know, you, when you're at uni, it's the first time you're out, you're living with different people, you know, you're in halls with complete strangers. Um, people are drunk a lot of the time, you know, all sorts are going on. And you just hear of so many instances, you know, of varying degrees of kind of severity. Um, but you do just become very aware of your vulnerability, I think. Mm. Um, so yeah, I definitely experienced that.
0: Yeah, I know, I know Cardiff quite well. I, I, I used to um, I do a lot of army training down in Cardiff in um, oh,
1: cool.
0: Maindy, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. You know, Maindy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, yeah, but yeah, no, that, yeah, we used to go down there quite a lot. But yeah, no, I, I do get it. It's um, yeah, it's, it's it's that bit of going home, isn't it? And just, just, just. If you think some, you know, the, the old adage is, if you think something's wrong, you're probably right. And it, it comes, how much do you, how much tack do you put into intuition? I, I always think intuition, the, the sixth sense is the, you know, trying to get it across in teaching is a lot more difficult. But then intuition, as I say, intuition, I think it's your biggest, your biggest defender, to be honest, a lot of the time, not all the time, mm-hmm. but a lot of the time.
1: You know, no, yeah. I totally agree with you. And, and yeah, that's something I focus on as well in, in my teaching is, you know, if you feel under threat, don't tell yourself you're being paranoid or you're overreacting. Um, just take positive action. So even if you are, you know, you're walking down the street and you're walking through town on your own and you feel a bit threatened and you can see a couple walking up ahead. Just go up to them and ask them if you can continue the walk in the same direction with them. Mm-hmm. And that might take quite a lot of bravery to do and you might find it hard to justify because you might tell yourself you're being silly or whatever but I know if I was out with my boyfriend and and a girl came up to us and asked if she could walk with us because she was a bit scared I'd be more than happy for that to happen and I'd be quite chuffed with myself probably Um, so I think it is just trusting your intuition and asking for help because even though you know the focus is on you know the threat and the bad thing looking for support People, the vast majority of people are good people that want to help. And so I think, yeah, the key messages are like, trust your intuition and just ask for help. You know, there's garages, shops, houses with lights, and there's so many places that you can go for help. And even if a threat wasn't there, there's no harm done. And so, yeah, that's always my advice, really.
0: I was going to say, like, you know, that was sort of probably leading on to, you know, what, what, what would be your number one sort of takeaway, you know, as for somebody who wants to learn self-defense as a skill, would that be it or something else do you think?
1: Yeah, I guess a bit of both of those things, really. I mentioned earlier about just understanding that you're stronger than you think. It's not about being the biggest or the strongest. I think that's a really key message. Don't give up. You can fight back. Um, But yeah, totally trust your intuition. And um, those are probably like my key messages. And I think around self-defense and encouraging people to come to a self-defense class, it's, um, kind of debunking that that kind of notion that it's a really physical kind of fitness martial artsy kind of thing that's not what self-defense is it's mm-hmm. just an essential life skill and it's self-defense it's about yourself it's personal to you there's no kind of right or wrong and mm-hmm. um, you find what works for you what makes you feel better um, and yeah. and i think that's i'm sure for you as well that's that's what we want to achieve it's not you know throwing people on the ground I often say at the beginning of my classes, like by the end of this hour, you're not going to be able to throw a grown man over your shoulder, unfortunately. People are disappointed, but that's not what we're doing. We're just, you know, using small, effective techniques that will make a difference in in situations where that matters. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I think there's, um, you know, it's... We've got the whole... Have you heard of Hicks Law before? We've mm-hmm. about Hicks Law around, you know, the the simplest things you can do you know we we, we tend to over complicate self-defense with mm-hmm. um, the environments i've always been in i've always tried to over they seem to over overcomplicated things for years and we you know you know going back, back back in the day you'd have like you know 15 20 different options for striking with a baton <laughs> Unfortunately, nine times out of ten, when somebody's getting hit with a bat and they're getting hit with one way and one way only, and and, and it, yeah. you know, nine times out of ten, you know, not that I'm, you know, that that's a slightly different tack and stuff, but yeah. um, you know, we try and you know do fifteen different kicks or or you know, different loads and loads of different options when you know one or two might, you know, one or two is is probably enough for most people to you know, do what we need to do, get yourselves away and get yourselves in a position, out out of a position of danger, so it is one of them, isn't it, but um, I
1: think that all comes from ego, doesn't it, it comes from people trying to make it look impressive, which is just not what it's about, and like you say, Hicks, Law, Griffiths, Law, keep it simple, make it just, you know, quick techniques that work that anyone can do, even if they're really stressed, don't give people too many options, otherwise they'll spend the whole time just ticking through their options, and before you know it, you're on the floor, and and just make things more accessible, make it less daunting and yeah. um, make it, you know, an essential life skill that everyone needs to learn. Like you say, like a bit like first aid kind of thing.
0: Yeah. You touched on the point of like, like um, fitness and stuff. What, what did you say that you, you not, you don't really feel that fitness is part of self-defense. How do you, what do you feel about that? I
1: mean, I don't think you need to be fit to jab someone in the throat. And you know, just like we're saying, applying Guthrie's law, it should be, you know, minimum energy expenditure. These shouldn't, and you know, minimum um like time requirement, it it shouldn't be long kind of movements that require endurance. You're mm-hmm. taking like one strike or, you know, one or two actions just to create enough space to get away. I guess if you're fitter, you can run away quicker, but that's mm-hmm. it. I don't think fitness is a barrier to this at all. It's not, you know, fitness is for boxing or kickboxing or martial arts this is literally creating enough space to get away you're going to have so much adrenaline it doesn't matter if you fit or not you're going to go fast um so that's that's my personal view
0: that's fair enough yeah i think that um from my standpoint I, i do see both sides of it that um i think there's that cognitive element there but i think you're definitely right there's that cognitive element that if you can be a little bit fitter it does help but you're right. It's not a necessity. It's never a necessity, and it's it's maybe looking at them not having that mixed message of you have to do this to do this. Don't mm-hmm. at all. But um, yeah, you know, I think it's not. Looking, you know, yeah. fitness,
1: fitness doesn't harm, does it? It's never bad to be fit. Um, so that's always helpful. But I think what's more important is like self belief. And Mm -hmm. your mindset. So I think a constructive mindset will go a lot further than someone who's fit. So I will say to people, hopefully you're never going to have to use these skills that I'm teaching you. But it just means that when you do feel under threat, you just switch into a much more constructive mindset. So you're walking along thinking, okay, if this happens, I'll do this. If this happens, I'll do this. And that's a much better kind of state of mind than the kind of fight or flight um kind of position that you might you might. Um, you know, instinctively go to. So yeah. I think things like that are probably more impactful than fitness. But yeah,
0: here's yeah, no. yeah. one of those. Isn't it? I think um, yeah, I think you're right. What was I going to say to you? Um, so going back to sort, of, we we're talking about the Sarah, Sarah Everard thing. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think um, that we can do to make sort of self defence training more open and transparent for, for people who might not otherwise feel like they can do it, basically?
1: I think um, you start by just breaking it down don't you like you know lots of people put on long courses or um, you know all sorts of things I think you can teach what someone needs to know in an hour is my personal view you can teach the essential skills in an hour and um, I personally take the approach of you know just getting a group of friends together or doing it as a team building activity at work or something like that so again you're you're making it fun um, and I think by doing that you make it a lot more inclusive I think if you if you do make it kind of all about the fear factor and that this is really serious really authoritative you're gonna alienate people but if you make it more about having fun feeling better having a good time and yeah do it with groups of friends or people that would usually get together um I think you're more likely to like you said include the people that actually really need it the most yeah um, yeah
0: I only, yeah, yeah. only use the Sarah Everard thing because, um, you know, going back to the question of like, how do we make it open and transparent? When 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 that happened, I got really really angry around the Mets sort of offering that. Okay, it was simple advice. It was like, I'll hail a bus stand, but <laughs> for an organisation yeah. like that, it was it was just not. It to, to me, even to me, it just didn't seem to. It didn't sit right. It doesn't yeah. seem quite as a you know it's you there's simplicity but then there's almost oversimplicity and there's like well that's you know there's it, it, I say oversimplicity it's a lack of effectiveness basically they're not yes. they're not offering effective options for people they didn't seem to yeah
1: really. I know what you mean and things like that you know it wasn't Sarah's fault she no. had done everything she should be doing you know and it was you know that's potentially an unavoidable situation yeah. from the the victim side. And it's a kind of a tricky conversation to have, but to get across that, I totally, totally acknowledge that the owner should not be on women or the victim to change their behavior. It shouldn't be, that is not their fault. But um, we're the ones that are feeling this horrible vulnerability all the time. So we're in charge of how we feel. We can't control the external environment, we control how we feel. So if there are things that we can do, like learning some self-defense techniques that just make us feel better day to day, then let's do that. Um, yeah. And I think that should be the focus. And I think that's where the kind of debates get kind of dodgy around um, the, the Mets' response after Sarah, Sarah Everard's case saying, you know, stay indoors or don't go out at all. No, that's not it. That's not the message. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: No, I've I think, are, I think the, the 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 emphasis should be, you know, and that that's what I'm trying to sort of do myself and you're trying to do. And I think that most of us are within this environment now trying to sort of, do that empowerment level rather than, you know, it's building empowerment, it's building, you know, um, in in people who, you know, it is just there. I mean, it just it just felt, as I say, it just felt a very um, almost lazy way of looking at things, to be honest. It was, it was, it was, it came from, you know, 20, 30 years ago. A lot of this stuff is like, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and we get that they just seem to be you know it, it was it was lost the, 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 mm-hmm. the timing and what they could have done was lost and you, you mentioned it earlier about like the increase or the increases in violence what did you say it was was it after or was it during the same year that that, that, that was it 18?
1: it wasn't necessarily about an increase mm-hmm.
0: it was
1: just the fact that you know Sarah Everard is a name that we all know Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's been a number of cases, Sabine and Essa, lots of names that we know um, as individuals, but actually there was another 81 women. So it's not like a one-off case, do you know what I mean? It's not a one-off, you know, obviously that had huge media coverage, huge conversations around it, so it should have had. But actually 81 women were also killed in the subsequent 28 weeks. You know, it's a, when people say, you know, she was just unlucky or this was a rare occasion, actually this is happening quite a lot, way too much. It is a serious problem. Um,
0: that needs a serious solution yeah I should have come on to this question a little bit earlier but it's one of those that's sort of gone we've ended up like meandering through and <laughs> it, to be honest it's been really good um yeah. how would you define success then um and I'll, I'll sort of um load that question with how would you define success when you're teaching what, what would that be for you um in a self-defense context, or also personal context, I suppose, but you okay. know, more in a self-defense context, how would, how would that feel for you?
1: I guess I guess the definition of success depends on what you personally value. For me, um, success is doing something you're excited by, and you, know, you feel you're driving positive change and you're proud of what you're doing and you want to tell people about it. Um, and for me, it's like a job to be successful is doing something that you're paid for that you would do for free because you enjoy it so much. And that's definitely how I feel about self-defense and um, like teaching a class it's like I, I have a full-time job as well and some people think that's uh, you know a lot to be doing but I find that teaching these classes is energizing rather than energy sapping Um yeah. so yeah for me success is in terms of like professional um, in the professional sense is like not having Sunday blues like not dreading the next day you're excited to do it and um, so yeah that's that's what it means for me really and a successful self-defense class means that, like I described earlier, we finish the class. Everyone's pissing themselves laughing. They're like surprised at how strong they are. They're really keen to go and show their friends and their family the techniques that they've learnt, and they're just like quite chuffed with themselves and they they feel better in themselves. Yeah. Um, and I've been lucky that that's kind of been the case almost 100 percent of the time. So um, yeah, that's what kind of keeps me going really.
0: Where would you like Live Safety to go from here then? Or what would you like it to sort of? Where would you like to take it from here? good question right. i want it to be
1: everywhere i want it to be like a normal team building activity i so hopefully this year i'll be going into lots of more schools going to corporates um I'd, I'd love it to be the sort of thing that when girls get together for like a weekend reunion this is the kind of thing they incorporate into their weekend just like you'd go like pottery painting or out for brunch do a self-defense class that just makes you feel so much better you know like you do yoga that kind of thing um I'd love that and yeah I just want to meet as, as many people as possible really i set my ambition for for 2022 um to train a hundred women and for them all to leave feeling um you know much more confident and much less vulnerable and i realized in the first two months of this year i've trained 50 so i'm halfway there um so yeah i'm pretty excited
0: that'd be fantastic i mean yeah that, that's that's amazing that's a really that's a really fantastic answer um I think we're sort of drawing it up now, to be honest. Um, where can anybody find out um, about you or where, if where, where, you've got a website? Do you have any sort of um, links for things that you want to add up?
1: Yeah, so the thing I probably use the most is Instagram. So I'm on Instagram as at Georgina Safely. Um mm-hmm. I've got a Facebook page and things like that, but, but Instagram's probably the best place to go. And I've got, you know, photos and videos on there of classes and useful links and resources and all that kind of thing. So, yeah,
0: I'd, I'd welcome anyone there. I'm always up for a chat. Drop me a message. Absolutely. Love chat. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, well, thank you very much for taking part in this today. Um yeah, I know I so, I put you on a little bit on the spot with some bits, but um, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic to talk and yeah, we'll uh we'll we'll look at uh where it goes from here. See hopefully uh see you again soon. Thank you very much. Yeah. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Matt, Bye-bye.